Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang. It's time now for The Bigger Picture. Mm, going to be analysing several vital leads that investors are watching this week, I understand, Ryan. That's right, Bharati. So we are looking at Asian markets mixed. So it's a sign that investors may be a bit cautious as we look out for things like the earnings season playing out, data from China this morning, and also a latest or the latest read from US activity indicators. To help us out, we've got Fan Vilong. He is the CIO of Track Record Asia. Morning, V. How are you doing today? Hey, morning, Ryan. Hey, V. Great to start the week with you. Let's get your sense of where markets are on Monday, how they are setting up for the week. You've got a lot of focus on the earnings season. What have been your takeaways so far? It looks like on Friday, we saw the banks disappointing. Uh, yes, that's right. Disappointed, uh, mainly JP Morgan and City, City Bank, City Group. Uh, but that's largely due to uh, increased expenses as well as... Uh, uh, lower revenues from the trading group. Uh, it was a difficult few months for mm. the interest rate trading groups because the Federal Reserve uh, unexpectedly turned much, much more hawkish than the markets expected. I don't think that's going to have lasting impact for the markets. I think uh, it's, it's, it's still good numbers. It's just that, especially for JP Morgan, it's, it's, they still beat earnings, but it's just lower than the previous bids that they had and uh, and the, the CEO warned of increased expect- expenses from uh, wage pressures going forward as well. Yeah, V, the other thing that stood out for me was the uh, consumer discretionary stocks space. And that was down, Buff and, and Body Works under Armour, both down more than 2%. And that's simply partly due to the retail sales numbers out for December, down 1.9%. And that's worse than the consensus forecast of just a drop of 0.1%. Is that something to worry about when it comes to the you know, spending sentiment in the US? Oh, I think it's also a bit of a, impacted a bit by the Omicron surge in the, in the US. And it's actually okay. I mean, um, it's it's much more disappointing than mm. expected. But I I think the U.S. economy is strong. I think this number is it's not it's not the start of a, a the recession. Right? It's not it's not going to be. But in fact, it it may be good because it shows uh, tempering growth. Mm. It's not like run run away growth. So so the Fed does not need to uh, react to uh, strong inflation because. As aggressively as, as the markets fears, I think I think that's that's a good good sign for. If of course it doesn't it doesn't get worse. I think if it's if it's just showing showing that you know the growth is not run run overheating. Mm. That's, I think that's good for the for the interest rates picture. Yeah. Yeah, we we've been seeing this type of war going on for quite some time. The type of war between growth names and the value stocks, and now you have inflation hitting forty year highs last week. Where are you sitting when it comes to you know, the side of fence? Where are you in terms of how much you're exposed to growth and how much to technology? Well, so I believe the growth sector, as you call it, the high-tech growth sector, has uh, pulled back quite a bit from the highs. Uh, most, some of the names have been uh, down more than 50% from the highs, although the broad index mm. is just down a few percent from all-time highs. And this is because of the Fed expectations, increased, increased expectations of an interest rate hike this year, and also the, the Fed's tapering program. Uh, but it's all well and good for the headlines to show that uh, inflation is at like 7% year-on-year growth is, is multi-year highs, as you say, uh, multi-decades high, in fact. But I think if 
coming into this year, I think because inflation is measured as a base effect, right? Uh, mm. Against the base effect against last year's last year's not prices. So last uh, in 2021, the prices were compared with the prices in 2020, and mm. that was, uh, as we know, the height of the, the start of the COVID crisis, and prices collapsed quite a bit. And so because of base effects, we see we see high inflation prints. I think coming into 2022, going forward in a few months ahead, we are comparing against prices, increased prices of 2021. And I think we will see, we'll see a plateauing of inflation. And I believe it is the fact kind of changed the tune about transitory, just I think as, as the, the, the inflation will start to prove transitory because the energy prices has been quite stable against previous, uh, the previous rises. Uh, so for for inflation to keep going high, uh, to keep printing higher, you do need spiraling higher prices, and I think prices will remain elevated. But against the base of last year's prices, I don't think we'll see uh, as aggressive rise as as we the market is thinking. Yeah, if you talk about those forty year highs, that was seven percent in December, and on t- um, on top of that, we've got Jerome Powell sounding a bit more aggressive recently, saying he's going to be possibly looking at interest rate hikes faster and maybe looking at other ways to tighten policy. How does that affect the asset classes like crypto? Because that asset class has been one of the beneficiaries of liquidity. All the money flushing around, sloshing around has been going to things like crypto, Bitcoin. Now with that prospect of things being tightened, is that going to mean Bitcoin is going through a slump in 2021? Uh, Well, I think we are already seeing that slump. Bitcoin high was in excess of 60 something thousand, right? It's 5,000 and we're now trading around 40, 40 something thousand. Mm. So that's, that's quite a pullback from the highs. I think, uh, of course, all asset classes benefit from uh, liquidity sloshing around, as you said. And if, if that liquidity sloshing around reduces, then we will see a re- reduction in, in expectations of price increases. But one thing going for, of course, then that I think we have already seen the effect. I don't think the Fed is going to be as aggressive as market fears, uh, three to four rate hikes are really priced. I, I don't think they really need to do more than that if, uh, because the inflation sources that we see are not something that they can address with their policies. Right? I, I think tapering of policies is correct because there's stopping the money printing is correct because there's uh, no more emergency conditions. That was emergency policy. They should, they should reduce that. They should get out of emergency conditions. They should try to normalize conditions. But as you, as you can see, uh, uh, you, you just mentioned the retail sales were, were much more disappointing. There's no reason to crush economic growth just because uh, inflation is high when inflation is caused by other sources besides besides uh, factors that, that the Fed can address, right? Because a, a primary source of inflation right now is uh, supply, strains con- uh, supply chain constraints, right? Uh, meaning that because there's still lockdown, uh, conditions in various economies around the world, especially China's uh, zero COVID policy. It's uh, hard for, for consumers to get goods that they want at the prices that they want. So we do uh, really, it's, it's hard to address that with uh, Fed policies. So I, I think uh, the Fed is unlikely to be as aggressive because once they start tightening, they'll see the effect on stock markets and all, and, and you'll see they'll start, start to pull back from their hawkishness. But coming back to your question about cryptos, I think they, they've already been affected by this this pullback of expectations. Mm. Uh, one thing going for cryptos uh, outside of Bitcoin is is there, there's a way, but cryptos are a very broad description of the sector, right? Within the crypto space, uh, what's been con- continuing to do 
being be de- developed at a breakneck pace is a decentralized finance applications, the non-fungible token space, the NFT space. So I think this continues unabated. This continues continues at a very very fast speed, and it continues to revolutionize the way that we we, we conduct our financial transactions. We we, we conduct our uh, so so Web 3.0. I think Web Web 3.0 is something that uh, we will hear about uh, a lot this year, and uh, I I think that develops along with uh, the Ethereum chain and other alternative chain as well the smart contracts. Yeah. Okay, lots to watch out for in the crypto space. We've been chatting with Fan Vilong. He is the CIO of Track Record Asia. V, thanks for your time and have a great week ahead. Thank you. Bye. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.